0: Hello and good evening to episode 12 of Chalk Talk here with Microbrew Radio. Our guest tonight, live over Skype, is Mr. Luke Terry.
1: How are you, David? Is you right.
0: Gonna give you the applause first, mate. Everyone, oh, does, okay. everyone deserves I've done the done applause. It. I've ruined it. No, no you're, ruined eager, it. you're eager, mate. You're eager. That's what I like to see. It's all good. How are you doing? You right.
1: Very good, David, and you?
0: Yeah, oh, always good. Always good. Um, please call me Dave. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's all right, don't worry. It's all good. Uh, only my mum calls me David and even she gets a look. So um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got lots to discuss. Obviously, last weekend you were was it in Blackpool the ultimates?
1: It was, yes. Yeah,
0: you had a busy one. We've got we've got loads to talk about regarding that and regarding Paul itself. If you do have any questions for Luke tonight, please put them through microbreweradio.com or directly message them to myself over Facebook. Thank you. Okay, so How did you start with pool then, Luke? How did it all get going in the first place?
1: Well, I think, from memory, I think I was 10 years old. And obviously, it was the token, you get the mini pool table for Christmas, your dad and mum don't know if you're ever going to use it, (laughs) but it runs in the family, so they try their best to try and get you into it, that kind of thing. And I just really enjoyed it. And I kind of got to the point where I could pot a ball or two. I I was never a world beater, I was probably like a two out of ten at local league kind of thing, but... I ended up going and playing in my local snooker club with my dad. It was called the Dunning's Mill back at the time. It closed about six months after I first started playing there. But I just enjoyed it. And I saw the pool table and I was like, oh, I'd love to give that a go as well. Because I felt like I could put a ball on a snooker table. And I thought, if I can do that, then I can do it on the smaller one. Lo and behold, it, it I mean, it took a couple of years. And I ended up getting into a local social club at a place down the road called Forest Row. Uh, went in there and won a little local like in-house competition they were having. And then after that, I didn't really look back. I was in my local league team, took over that. I was captain at age 15 and then went through all of that. And then I met a guy called Nigel Bailey, um, him and Ian Wicks, who were my two kind of captains at the time. One was at County, one was at Forest Row. They were both so integral in just me doing anything in this game at all. Unfortunately, neither of them are with us anymore, but they were just absolutely huge. Nigel got me into the County setup, And then next thing I know, those two were just supporting me all the way and well 14 years later here I am basically
0: yeah that's brilliant I mean it's it's not weird but it seems quite the norm that most of the people I've had on the show and and most pool players in general just kind of started with snooker originally did you did you see yourself kind of did you ever think that snooker might have been the one or did you kind of think well we'll have a go at pool and we'll see where that goes and did you kind of leave snooker behind at that point
1: do you know what it was it was when I was starting out of See, like, Paul didn't have its big, like, TV appearance, if that makes sense. Like, you'd never flick on the BBC and go, oh, here's a big pool event coming up and all of that kind of stuff. It was more, obviously, your snooker side, your Masters, World Championships, things like that. And I remember, I think the first game I ever watched was, it was a Mark Allen game when I was 10 years old. And I just watched it, and obviously, the way that Mark plays, he's just got the cue ball and a string. Never does much movement, but it's just so simplistic. And there's me, obviously, starting on the pool table. Everything's flying around the table, coming off about four cushions left and right. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, he makes it look so easy. So I kind of followed that a little bit. I kind of followed him when I was younger, based my snooker game around him. And it just adapted well into when I started playing pool. Um, And it got to a point where I played snooker when I was about 16, 17, probably, where I kind of made my first century in that. And obviously, you look for all the documentaries in the past of the likes of Ronnie and Judd, they're all making sentries at age 12, 13. Yeah. And there was just a little part of me that felt like I'd missed the boat a bit with it. Whereas with Paul, I was in the county setups already. I was kind of getting towards the A team. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'll just give this a shot. I'll just go full send on it and see where I end up with it. And that's just kind of how it came about, really.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and obviously, it's all it's all gone well for you as of, as of yet. And you've still got. Plenty of years in the tank, I'm sure. Obviously, you do you do a lot of commentary, which is probably what the main brunt of the show may be about tonight. Would commentary and snooker be something you would love to do?
1: Oh, yeah. I've, I've always said to myself, and speaking to Stevie and speaking to Joe at the weekend, because I spent a lot of time with them, my intention has always been that I want to make a career out of Q Sports. Like, if, even if it's not commentary, like... I'm at university I'm doing an international business degree and I've always had that little bit of like relatability I feel to like when I watch someone like Barry Ham because you watch back on it all of his old stuff and he chats about the fact that obviously back in the 80s and the 90s he made personalities out of all of these big players such as like Dennis Taylor was always going to be the funny one and Steve Davis was going to be like the really good one but the one that nobody liked kind of thing yeah. and I just kind of see that stuff now with Paul, especially when I'm doing commentary. Like, you look at the ultimate at the moment. Tom Cousins is dominating the game at the moment. Nobody wants to draw him. Nobody likes drawing him. Everybody kind of wants to see someone a little bit different with it. So he's kind of your plot enemy. You've got your kind of superhero in Gareth Potts that's, like, obviously the main man that can do all the exhibition stuff, has the big YouTube following. You've got that young up-and-coming kind of, like, hot stud type thing with, like, Callum Singleton, who's obviously just come through the amateurs and now like everybody's like oh he's the attractive funny pool player kind of thing and i just feel like there's so much from the snooker side of things that you could adapt to pool and i kind of looked at the ultimate now the supreme series that came before it when you had all the walk-on music and all the party atmosphere and then you look at the ipa where they're doing all these like private interviews with single players and that and getting the personality across and in my mind i'm like If I ever got the opportunity to, I'd love to be able to put all of that together and just create the platform that I think all pool players deserve. I'd love to go to snooker, but there's just a little bit of kind of dog in me now that's like, I want to see pool through and I want to see it become the big thing that it can be. Treat it like the darts. You know, somebody turns around and goes, oh, I'd love to go for a weekend out to go and watch, I don't know, like Last Man Standing whether the big time are on, everybody gets the big entrance, the big players are all involved. That's what it can become. And it, I think it just needs that platform and it needs that coming together of minds in order to do that.
0: Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it definitely has that ability at the, at the moment, especially with how big everything is, to be that big. And the thing is as well, I mean, you get people that don't specifically like darts or watch darts that go to the darts, whereas because it's I, the atmosphere i think pool's bigger than darts right oh yeah and so imagine the people you'd get at these events i think it'd be massive i think it'd be huge well, well
1: the thing i always post a question to is friends at home is if you're going into the pub just for a laugh and have a few drinks in that, what are you looking at first are you going to go to the pool table first or are you going to go and throw some darts standard 90 percent of them will say oh yeah i'll go to the pool table because it's a bit of a laugh it's a, you know it's quite funny to do that why couldn't we do that? Like, darts dots itself around the country, around Europe. You know, obviously, they've got the big events down in like Exeter, you've got London, Ali Pali, you've got mm-hmm. further north. And at the moment, it, it's everything pool wise seems to be concentrated in the Midlands or the North, which obviously isn't a bad thing. But if you want to expand, you need to go into London, you need to go into Glasgow, even, even if you go up Scotland and do a big event in like a nice arena up there and you advertise it as that party atmosphere that darts has then everybody's going to go oh you know we don't mind the little hour commute into london to go and watch the pool because we know it'd be a great laugh you know someone like george tierney has that personality already there people will travel to go and see george yeah is he a world beater you know debatable you know we haven't maybe seen him at the top level every time like okay he's got like, he's got good money matches coming up and that i'm excited to watch those but do you just feel like if you had a george Tierney right right at the top of the game maybe in a position that cousins is in at the moment would the game have a different outlook right now
0: that's an interesting way of looking at it for sure um and yeah i i agree i think one of the next steps would be to to branch out and and get further especially across the uk it's i mean it's there's probably areas where it's huge but we just don't know it's huge There might not be enough promotion going on in in the area.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, Christoph Lander winning at the weekend at Altman. All of the stuff that he's posted since he's gone back to France, he's been in TV interviews, you know, people are watching along. He had a big celebration in his club back in France. We haven't hit that market yet. Okay, yes, we've got, you know, the World Championships coming up. There's one in Morocco and one in Malta, if I'm correct, for the two kind of layouts. But we can do so much more than that imagine if we had like a t- a town shootout style thing out in belgium or france mm-hmm. if you had that with maybe the top eight players and a couple of wild cards from that home nation imagine the amount of backing that would get I and mean, imagine the amount of people that go wow like i didn't realize it was such an international sport and oh my god like i've always wanted to do well in pool but now actually i feel like i can travel with it and do this and that you could do one in Australia, Ultimate could go to Australia with Jake McCartney's back in and Paul Clack and people like that that are all kicking about now in the Ultimate. There's just so many different potentials of routes you could go down that they just need to be targeted. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, imagine the amount of following you get in other nations and imagine the platform you'd then
0: build up. Yeah, it, it would it would be amazing for the sport. I mean, the amount of people since I've started this show that, that said, "Oh, we didn't realise Paul was this big but now even they're fully invested in in the show and in the sport and it's you know I, I know a couple of people personally that have started playing pool just in the last couple of months and it's oh yeah and you know and that's that's off the back of, of being around myself and, and me having this show and it's it's good it's it's very good and um, hopefully we can just take it further it's uh,
1: like uh it's like the Stephen Hendry Q-tips on YouTube if you've ever watched along to that the, the guest he gets on that now you get John Terry, Ben Foster you know the, one of the guys from Love Island went on, that's the potential of what you could hear. we've yeah. had little bits and bobs of that before with like obviously Ultimate had Phil Taylor there was, was it Andy Sullivan the golfer as well that was kind of involved, at one point he came on and did something and I can't remember what it was but there's just been little hints of it but you need to kind of push it out more. You need to go, right, we're going to double down on this. And, you know, we're going to do a doubles event that's going to include one golfer and one professional player every time. Or, you know, something that's so out of the ordinary, nobody's going to see it, but everybody's going to
0: click into it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was that you, you mentioned you had a um, a podcast over in South Carolina um, that, that didn't go to plan. Yeah. Um, I can see you squirming there. <laughs> um, what what happened? What happened with that? If you don't mind sharing, we,
1: we had all the setup going. Um, there were about six or seven of us that were rotated around that could do it. I bought all the equipment. I spent about oh, probably about four five hundred dollars on equipment. Uh, got everything set up. I had the backing of the university, and then it came to getting stuff sorted out, and it just came at the wrong time. Everybody was going into exams. They went, "Oh, we're not too bothered about it." And then by the time it was all gone you know like professors would turn around and going well we kind of need something out of it and there's me turning around going i can't deliver anything because there's no one around to do it so i mean we did have some things recorded but i just didn't have enough that i could really start posting and get it off its feet unfortunately but yeah i mean it, it it was good to do it even though it didn't really get off its feet because you were still practicing in that environment environment of getting the setup ready and chatting away with different people and having to make a conversation last as long as possible, chatting about whatever was on your mind. I didn't even necessarily have that many things that were mutual with these other people, but we found a way and we found conversations. So now chatting to you and chatting, doing commentary, feels like nothing because now I'm talking about something I'm passionate about and all of a sudden you can't get me off the microphone.
0: That's it. It, It's good because it's like myself with the show we can just talk for hours because because we're passionate about it and because we love the sport which is good it's really good and it it gives you so many avenues for your future that even though that that didn't go to plan over in south carolina you know when when you know you go back to to your home which we'll we'll talk about shortly you've got so many things to go for because of what you already know and what you're already doing what you've done last weekend which again yeah. something else we'll we'll catch up on in just a moment how much I mean I can see already just how passionate you are about it and and how much you are involved but how much you know how much do you enjoy it
1: I love it for me coming from the hometown I was which was East Grinstead which is in Sussex it it isn't a big pool place we play so it's a Wednesday night league down there they play black ball it's there's a couple of good players dotted about but there's not really like strength in depth or anything like that and when it got to the point where I was doing the County A and I was starting to go off and I was doing little events here and there, like Golden 8 Ball or BAPDO or you know the odd IPA event, things like that back in the day, my emphasis was not only do I want to go out and enjoy it, but also I want to build up the game from where I'm from, because there's so much strength up here since I've been in Leicester, oh my word, like you've got 12 divisions and 10 teams in each division and Everybody's cousins, pigeons, parrots, part of it. And I've never seen depth like it. Whereas back at home, we've probably got about 30, 40 players maybe in the whole league, like across everything. And now for me, it's like now that I've started to kind of get this platform a little bit, you know, I want to be able to bring the game back down south. I want to help build grassroots. I want to, you know, maybe get an event down there, that kind of thing that could build up the portfolio of the sport. And just see how it goes. I, 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 For me, it's a bit of a pride thing, but also just that I love the game so much that I couldn't look away from it, even if I tried. I spent a year out in South Carolina. I said, I'm never picking up the queue. Lo and behold, about two weeks in, I was in an American pool bar, all of a sudden, like, try an American pool. Can't get away from it, even if I tried, Dave, honestly. Like,
0: no, that's good, though. I, I love that I do. I think that's brilliant. Um, Do you see yourself going back abroad and maybe doing this kind of thing over there? I mean, the Americans, from what I gather, they take their pool quite seriously as well, whether it's, you know, nine ball or their own American pool. I know it's a bit different, but do you see yourself doing this kind of work over in that area?
1: I mean, America is very broad. So if you were playing pool, you had to be in a very concentrated area to be successful. You know, like someone like Shane Van Bonen only really picked up the game because of the fact that he had to travel so far to do what he needed to do i can't remember exactly what state he's from but it wasn't a big pool scene whatsoever he was having to catch flights just to be able to go to the events that he needed to go to if you were miles away from atlantic city you've missed the us open that kind of thing like it's very very tough out there to be able to build it but if you were talking more in the form of okay you're working for ultimate but you're out there trying to outsource ultimate pool out to america that might be something i'm more interested in because i think there's room there for back in and for all of these little things that ultimate pool have set up where it is entertaining not to just people in the uk but people further afield as well
0: yeah brilliant okay um i know you said you love a good statistic statistic yeah i'll make sure i get that right um Give us your favourite pool statistic.
1: I, do you know what? It, it, the stats that I look at are more kind of the up to date, recent stats. And like some of the some of the ones I was looking at at the weekend, with the ultimate surprised me quite a bit. And I think the main one was obviously that Sean Story had such a dominance last season in Ultimate Pool, was always getting to the tail end of tournaments. And that, but you look at his Pro Series this year, six events, and the best he's done is the last sixteen, which to me is so surprising bearing in mind that obviously he comes in at around round of 64, so you're telling me in six events someone of Sean's standards only won two games in a row, max, in any event? And, you know, I know obviously it's strength and depth, but you look at that and you just think,
0: wow. Like, that is quite surprising. I watched a lot of a lot of him last year and a lot of The Ultimate, and he was on fire. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that is I mean, very surprising. I've never
1: seen someone with a bigger ability to just come back in the last 10 minutes on a 15-second <laughs> shot clock like it's absolutely nothing. Like he's a scary player right? he's probably if I'd got into the last man standing if I'd got through those qualifiers he was the last person I'd wanted to draw. Yeah.
0: yeah that's fair that's fair no um, that's good that's all good um, you know what we're going to talk about the weekend because I want to talk about yeah. it I can tell you're itching so we're going to get on to <laughs> talk to us about the last few days
1: yeah i mean it, it it was wild so i mean i wasn't really meant to be at the ultimate challenger i it was a friend of mine martin sheldon that just before i was obviously because i'm leaving tomorrow from leicester and going back down south he at almost last minute went look there's availability to go on the ultimate challenger this week like next weekend he said if you want to go on it i'm going to sponsor you we'll go down you know you just cover the hotel kind of thing and you know we'll We'll split any prize money 50-50. I said, that's fine. Because I just love the game. I just wanted to be around it. That's fine. I'll do that. And we ended up going down there. And um Stevie O'Connor went with us and we were with Joe O'Connor as well. Obviously, Joe had his good run. And it was, I think it was on the second day, Stevie had a chat with Will Callwell and just went, Look, he does the Leicester pool promotions at the moment. He enjoys commentary. Have you got any space to give him a shot? He's a good lead, that kind of thing. The moment they heard lead, it was a click of the fingers, it was like, yes, we need that. We'll get him in, you know, we can see how it goes. I went in and they were like, right, you're on, five minutes, Eddie Barker, table three. I was like, right, okay. Nothing to be nervous about apart from the fact that Eddie had just come off a loss. And I'm thinking, oh God, if I'm nervous and I get something wrong, you know, is he going to be in the mood to kind of have a good chit chat and a laugh about it? Luckily, Eddie's the nicest guy in the world. And... He was the best person I could have been with for that first game. We did John McAllister, Sean Story. It was a great game to watch. And I came out afterwards and they enjoyed what I did. So next thing I knew, I was straight back in again. I did it with Phil Harrison for the next one. And then we turned up on the Sunday because obviously we were going to head home kind of when Joe was done because we'd travelled together. Um, Because Joe was still going. He was in the last 16 at this point. He played Jake McCartney. I commentated that one. But as he kept going through the rounds, they just kept offering me the commentary again. So I just carried on doing it. I did Luke Sandys against Ryan Fleming after that. And then I did Joe Semi against Deck Brennan um, on the TV table, on the stream table. And then Simon Webb called me back and he said, look, you're going to go in and you're going to do the final with me between him and Christoph. And it it was surreal, really, because I'm used to kind of just being behind the camera, just talking about what I know and just kind of... You know, just enjoying the stats and enjoying my time watching the best players in the world in a position that not many people get to. And next thing I know, I'm behind the TV camera, flashing lights in my face. And I'm with Simon Webb, who, I mean, is the man that's been doing it probably for the longest. I mean, he did it back in the IPA as well. And now he's gone to Ultimate. And it was just very surreal, but it was such a cool experience. I've got good photos with them afterwards and good chats. And they're inviting me back. So, Obviously, I did something right. You know, Hopefully, I didn't annoy too many people on the comms or anything like that. I know Neil Britton got a little bit annoyed at me because I said that Joe played bad against him instead of him playing well against him. I didn't watch the game. So, Neil, I do apologise if you're watching this. But, you know, it's all... Hopefully, it's all water under the bridge. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be falling out of anybody first down the job. No, definitely
0: but. not. No, you know what? You know what, Luke? You deserve one of these. No, fair play. That's... Um... That's class. I mean, for someone that's so passionate about it, that must have been an incredible feeling.
1: Oh, it's nothing like I've felt before. And especially when I woke up the next morning, I got a message off a guy that I've never met before, never chatted to before. And he just went, look, i watch along a little bit with the Leicester pool, but I didn't realise you were obviously going to go to what you've done now. Um, I just really enjoy your work and hopefully, you know, you get another opportunity. And I was just very taken aback because... There, are, there have been points where i kind of sat around like mentally the game's very draining and sometimes you just I've, I was just kind of sitting back and thinking wow like you know is this is it, is this going to be it you know like I just felt like at times I was like I've kind of hit my peak that there maybe wasn't that way that I was going to be able to progress to where I've got to now and now that I've reached this point it's just like you know um, anything else is a bonus and I just love the game and you know, hopefully I'll push on from here and do a lot of people proud. That's where my mind's at with
0: it. So Yeah, listen, they've they've asked you back and that, that tells you I think everything you need to know. And uh, you know, I can't see that just being a one off either. I think it'll probably be the, the theme for you now. Um and it's it must be unreal to be involved. So fair play, mate. Um, what was your favourite game that you commentated on over the over the course of the weekend? There was
1: a couple, but I think the one between Joe and Declan Brennan was unbelievable. I mean, I I've never watched a game where it it was two players that literally couldn't have played any better. I mean, I I felt ridiculously bad for Declan afterwards because I mean he he, he all but pulled out six break dishes on Joe to go six three ahead, and he thought just uh, and we were both sitting in the comments box going like we know Joe's playing well, but just can't see a way back Joe broke this the next one he goes six four and then literally all Declan's done is dry broke and next thing you know six all Dex broke off in the last one put three goals and all of them have gone on cushions and you just think to yourself like if it was just for a a little bit of luck you know Declan's in that final but as it was I mean Joe played spectacular as well and it was just horrible that one of them had to lose because it would have been good for a final and I think especially having watched the other semi-final from like outside watching Christoph against Luke, which was a lot more of a cagey affair as well. You just felt so bad for Declan because you were like, if he's played anybody else in this semi-final, you think he's in a final. But I mean, as it was for Joe, I mean, Joe was ecstatic and, you know, everybody watching along was like, oh my God, like I can't believe this has just happened. And yeah, I mean, I've, that I've never had fifty minutes of my life that have just flown by as quickly as it was watching that. I was just totally engaged from start to finish.
0: Yes, it's a good job because I told you this hour would fly. <laughs> we're nearly halfway through yeah. already. <laughs> at least you were prepared. Um, I've had a couple of questions come in, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read these out to you. These are from a young lad that plays in our area called Harry Loden. He's asked who your best player on the Ultimate Challenger and Pro Series are. The
1: best player on the Challenger at the moment, I. I'm going to go a little bit controversial because mm,
0: that's what we like. Here there's, at two, Talk. there's two.
1: There's two. There's two. There's the the, the obvious one is Conor Treacy because he's just been so dominant, and obviously Scott Hogan's now got his second one on the board. But I think in terms of natural talent, I think Scott Pope. I think Scott is. I think it would be a travesty if he doesn't go pro by the end of the season because watching him in Last Man Standing, watching him in the, even in the qualifiers, watching him in other events. I mean, he's beaten so many pros at this point that it would be hard to justify him not being pro next season for what he's done. And he's an unbelievable Qist. I mean, he's still young as well. So, you know, I think if he did go pro, he'd probably fall into that category that you're starting to get a little bit with the likes of like Cormac Kerr and people like that. The, The kind of young guns that are coming through that are starting to take results off the pros. Cole Bedford's another one like that. But Scott would be a very, very good pro, and I think he deserves that call up next season. But there's a a lot of good ones as well that, you know, maybe haven't had their outshining moment yet. Like Joe Nolte is another one I think that could do very, very well next season if he kind of keeps his head down. I know sometimes he's because he organises events and that as well. That is a distraction, but he's such a natural curious that he's another one that I think sooner rather than later he's going to get his big break, and I hope it comes soon.
0: Okay, yeah, brilliant answer. Thank you for the question, Harry. Although Harry has sent in another one, so we'll go on to that. Um, who's the best player that you've played and lost to? Oh, that's a good one.
1: I had. Um, I did a Leicester event probably about a month ago now, and I had a very very good game against Josh Kane. But that was dishes back to back. I mean. What was the score? He started on minus one. It was a first seven and it ended up seven, five. But there was a period in the game where I think we dished seven in a row between us. And, you know, I still I still couldn't get away from him. And he's, you know, I was five, four up. I've missed one ball. And next thing I know, i would lost seven, five. Um, best player, though. I think I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't played a lot, a lot of pros. Josh is one of them. Dave McNamara played a very good game against me at Last Man Standing. I enjoyed that. But Clint as well I've played Clint once Clint was a very good player to play against obviously he's got that world title under his belt now probably the top one's Jack Whelan Jack's probably the top one and I've only played him very very briefly so you know I, I need to get a few more. I need to get a few more scalps under my belt before I can really give you a proper proper answer the best game was Josh Kane the best player was probably someone like Jack or Clint
0: okay yep yeah, great answer thank you for your questions Harry if anyone's got any more please send them in OK, just going to do a quick announcement for a game that's currently going up at our sponsor's place, Potter's Club in Swaddling Cope, where uh, our very own Kyle Cope is in a money match with Daz yeah, Cheetham. Yeah. And Kyle is currently 6-1 up, so keep going, Kyle, and make oh, sure you finish. Oh, what, he's playing Daz Cheetham right now? Right now, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Oh, wow. My mate across from me, I've got him sat, I've got Mickey, we'll give Mickey a shout-out, go on, Mickey. OK, Mickey Blore is sat across from me and he is watching it and giving me live updates, so... Uh, yeah. all,
1: all, 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 I'm, all I'm gonna say, Dave, is when I played Josh Kane that day, the round before I knocked out Kyle. I know so you did. I remember, yeah. <laughs> That's my that was that was <laughs> the biggest scalp I've had in a long time. Yeah. I even said to him, I said, I played out my skin. But right? yeah. he's a brilliant, I love watching Kyle. He's another one as well that I'd love to see get that breakthrough. He's such a good player, he's got that world under 23s under his belt now. And you know he's doing very well in the money games as well. So hopefully he gets over the line tonight. But also I just wish him the best for the season because he's just such a nice lad.
0: Right? Yeah, you saved him. You saved yourself there because you, you know you gave a local leg like, a little di- little dig there at the start. <laughs> it was never a dig. It was never <laughs> I'm a dig. i am joking. I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. No, you find that's uh, it's good words for him. Kyle is the one, round here that you know he's unbelievable. And Bert- Burton's got quite a big pool thing going on, and he's he's at the top there or thereabouts um, so fair play I'm sure he's got a massive future ahead as you say you wanted to talk a little bit about kind of grassroots Paul so to speak and and where it's where it's going to go I'll let, yeah. you t- I'll let you take the reins
1: yeah so I mean from my time of experience obviously like the Midlands area now is becoming such a big area for grassroots, pool I mean, you said it yourself in terms of the growth in your place at Potters. And I have heard of one of the Lothan brothers. I think it is Harry that's the younger one, isn't it? That's obviously the youth player coming through. They're, one of the Lothans, I you know he's on the youth tours and all that kind of stuff. So they apologies if I've got they, them the wrong way they, around. They both play, but,
0: but I'm sure Harry will message me and, uh, and let us know who's younger out of him and Jake. <laughs> he's going to kill,
1: kill me for that, but it's all right. <laughs> But obviously, you've got the Lothian brothers. Uh, I saw at your event at the weekend you've got Jaden in as well, Jaden Billingham.
0: Yeah, uh, Kyle's that.
1: obviously that youth side. Then, when you go to the under 25s tour now, you see a good group of players, a good group of youngsters that can all pick up a queue and all play very, very well, you know. And unfortunately, I think there's just a couple at the moment that just feel like they're going to fall by the wayside because of where they live, which I don't think is right. Like, I think. If I'm looking around, I look at someone that I met on the first under-25s tour I did, a little guy called Corbin Woolridge, right? Brilliant young player, but he's just based in an area that's just not got a massive pool background. You know, he live streams all the time when he's playing pool and that. He's got a lot of potential behind him, but he's just got nothing to surround himself with. If he's doing a big event, as I say, I mean, he had to travel to Wellingborough for that under-25s event, which, I mean, is just... So tough to do. I mean, that's like a four and a half hour trip, I think, or something like that. Something like that. I mean, where I was in Sussex, I mean, I've only really made big progressions since I've come to Leicester because there wasn't always that kind of route forward. If I've got to go to a big event, I've got to travel up to Blackpool or Stoke or Coventry. And it just feels like the sport needs to target more, like a wider span now because the Midlands, the North, and the kind of Newcastle area, and even Scotland to be fair, have now got that depth. They've now got that strength in depth where no matter where you go, you're going to be kind of within an area of somebody that can play very, very well, and is going to give you good practice and teach you what you need to know. But now it needs to reach a point where every single area is starting to get that as well. So you need that grassroots build Ultimate pool now, and even IPA has, the portfolio, has that portfolio and has that following now where it has the ability to do that. It just needs to be implemented correctly. And there's different ways you can do that. Obviously, like the coaching courses help, but then you're required to have somebody jump on. So maybe it needs to be more targeted. Maybe it requires, I don't know, maybe one or two people from the team to come down to these areas that are trying to build, but not really getting anywhere and you know just give that bit of enthusiasm and a bit of push just to take the game a little bit further I mean Eddie Barker was meant to come and do an exhibition where we were in our hometown but unfortunately like just because of the way things worked out it couldn't quite happen but you felt like something like that might have helped and there's just there's all the potential there there's so much potential to grow Paul and I think you're a believer in that as well that It just needs to be jumped on now. It feels like this is such a big moment, especially now that you've got pool players that have big following. Jack Whelan got that 100,000 following, hasn't he? I think it's on YouTube or TikTok. I can't remember which one.
0: Gaz Pops is the same. It's Facebook. And I'm not sure if it's his TikTok as well. But yeah, two two of his accounts have over 100,000
1: followers. So you've got the likes of him. You've got the likes of Gaz. You've got... Joe O'Connor and Mark Selby that are now kind of on the ultimate, understand how it happens. You had Kyron Wilson on on Monday. You know, if you can get people like that to just kind of, even like once a month, just go to a little bit of a quieter area in the country and go, you can do this with this. Imagine like the potential that has. Imagine the spark that would give that young nine or 10 year old that's in the club going, wow, like this guy is like famous. And he's come down to, you know, tell me that I can do something with this. So maybe I should give it a go kind of thing.
0: Do you think that it's going to take maybe a group of people, whether it be players or, or just people with, with big names, to get together to kind of organise something like this? Maybe even to start like a little, a little kind of company or something, not a company as such, but you know what I'm getting at. Do you Do you think it will take a group of people to just come together and say, look, we need to do this?
1: It needs a it needs a body. It needs someone that's gonna implement it all, but then you also need those figureheads that are gonna go out and get the attention as well. Mm-hmm. So for someone like Ultimate, you know, behind the scenes you could turn around to I don't know, someone like Zach Leonard, Simon Webb and throw me in the hat, for example, tomorrow and go, Right, we're gonna try and expand Ultimate Pool and we're gonna do a big event in Crawley, for example, somewhere near where I live. For us to do that we implement that we put the ultimate logo on it because that's what people are following that's the that's the big figurehead now with paul and we're gonna go down there and we're gonna big promote it we're gonna put it on banners we're gonna you know get people talking about it and things like that and then we're gonna throw that figurehead in we're gonna bring i don't know we're gonna bring mick hill down with us and he's gonna do an exhibition but you know maybe does an exhibition on the saturday and he does a bit of group coaching on the sunday something like that with younger players that are interested and you know mick hill at the end turns around and goes you know luke's from this area you know he'll be able to guide you on anything else you need any more help message me that kind of thing that's what he needs it needs that team effort that coming together but then it also needs the big figurehead to turn up and get the influence but then it needs somebody else also that's going to be there to implement it as well so it, it's very strategic. It needs a lot of background, but as I say, if you get the personalities across and make the game as big as it is, and you get I don't know, like someone like Liam White to be like, oh yeah, he's the funny guy of pool, that kind of thing. Advertise it as, oh yeah, the uh, you know Liam White, the pool player slash comedian is going to come down to East Grinstead and he's going to do a big promo event and all that kind of stuff. That's going to have a lot more pull than oh you know, somebody's going to come down, they're going to play pool and they're going to teach you how to do it. It's not going to interest people. You need to be able to put a name behind it and big it up as this big thing that everybody's going to be excited to go to, that they know they're going to have a laugh and they're actually going to get something out of it. So, you know, I've got to advertise myself to you in order for you to go, that's interesting, bring it back to me. Like, I mean, you didn't really know who I was before. Obviously, we started chatting online, Mm -hmm. but... I have to sell my idea to you in order for you to go, okay, you're going to come on my show. Yeah, so course. for me to do that, I've got to be able to go out and do all of these different things. I had to be the ultimate pool commentator. I had to, you know, I've had that good background of maybe living in America and doing something a little bit unorthodox to what everybody else does. And that's just how you get
0: your pull. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I mean, as soon as, as soon as I knew you were, you know, you'd done the commentary and you're doing it now. And, especially with doing the ultimates of the weekend obviously at the time we arranged this you hadn't done that but I I want a variety on the show I want people you know I've had a referee on the show I want different kinds of people I don't want it to be the same you know I probably could have professionals every single week yeah but I don't want there to be a similar chat every single week I want to be able to give the fans because I know there's a few of you listening I want them to have that variety of, of people that are on and, and this chat certainly you know we've only been going 40 minutes but it's so much to talk about and we've still got Mm. more to talk about now and everything you've just been saying is bang on you know there is so much room for Paul to expand it just needs the right thing to happen but we are kind of at a time right now where now is the time now's the time to do it um so yeah fair play um I know you wanted to to speak a little bit about two people you mentioned earlier on in the show um so we've got Nigel Bailey and Someone you've noted down as as Wixie, I'm not sure on his on his full name.
1: Ian Wixie is Ian his name, Wixie. but Wixie was always how he was known. Yep, so, so go on. Oh, I'll, let, I'll
0: let no, it's right, I'll I'll let you I'll let you have a little word on, on, on them too, obviously, because they as you mentioned, they they did a lot for you during your progression. So
1: Yeah, so when I first started playing in my local league, which is the East Grinster Pool League, Wixie was the first person I really met that kind of saw I had something with Paul. It was playing in a local in-house competition it was just little first to threes it was i think it was old star rules i think it was even world rules maybe maybe blackball i can't remember but it was just little things like that and we played i played one guy in there that i remember his name off by, well i've just remembered it's it just a name from a long time ago his name was chris andrews and he was known to be like one of the good players in the in the club i mean probably put him up against the county player he'd probably get beat but he was a good player for local and I remember I played him and I beat him. I think I beat him 3-1 or something like that to win the little in-house event kind of thing. And Wixie came up to me and he said, look, I know you're only like 12, 13 years old, but you've got something here. So we're going to invite you back. You're playing the local league. You know, you won't play all the games, but you're playing the local league. You know, you can see how you get on and all of that kind of stuff. And he just gave me that nice little, like warm introduction, especially in a social club. It wasn't like big drinking environment, anything like that. It was just, they had a couple of drinks and he would just kind of sit down and chat to me and he'd go, oh, you see how he's doing this? Like, you know, just take time with it. Just be calm with it. You know what you can do, you know what you can't do. Just have fun. And he was just very, very supportive of me mentally more than anything in kind of understanding the game. But also he, he was the first person to really give me that like social confidence as well with my game. Yeah that I could go out and, you know, I could feel confident about myself that I could pot a ball, but also that, you know, I could chat to these other pool players and that as well. You know, I didn't need to be frightened of chatting to anybody about the game because they're all so supportive. And so I worked with Wixie. I played with him at Forest Row, I think, until I was technically 20. I mean, I went to university at 18, but I played with the team with him until I was about 15, 16. And then I took over captaincy, but Wixie still played with me. And then until well i was still signed on until he died at the start of 2020 it was literally the way that it worked out it was about two weeks before lockdown he passed away and then i ended up going to ipa bournemouth the week after and i just remember that i was in absolute bits in bournemouth i was i remember i was 6-2 up in a game and i think i lost it 7-6 or something like that and i just went to absolute bits afterwards because he was just so integral in the life that it hurt but he was just so important that now that i've pushed on you know i thank a lot to him and then nigel kind of came in when i was about 15 16. he was the one that kind of got me into the county circuits he was the man that knew everybody you know he was the, he was the guy that if you walked around with him in public everybody said hi to him and it almost got borderline annoying after a while because you're you're looking around going he's not going to stand and have another chat with somebody else is he that kind of thing when you're trying to go from position a to b Mm -hmm. but he was just so good and he was such a natural pool player he was he was good in events at essex and things like that he was a county a player very very good and he was ex-england as well He was england masters b i think for blackpool blackball so he was a decent player too and just over time with him i learned so so much i went and did all sorts of events with him i did um I did golden eight ball with him and another guy called Chaz Hill, which he Chas ran Catalonia a few years ago. And they always have like a token person that does all the event up there. He did that, I think back in 2018 or something like that. So it was us three and had a really good time out there. And then I think it was just after Wixie died and just after the first lockdown. When I went back to university Um, he was diagnosed with cancer and sadly he went in January, 2021. But I mean, without those two, I mean, I, don't get off my feet with Paul. I really don't. I or Everything I've ever done in the sport, I always put to them when I did the ultimate, when I did the masters on ultimate, when I did the TV appearance, I had the shirt made that I had both their names on both the sleeves because, you know, I wanted it to be a moment for them, not just for me. And then, um, yeah, it was just a real moment of like, yeah, you know, I, I did that and I'm glad I did them proud as well. So. Yeah, it's a great touch. Yeah, it, it, it was nice, but it's, it's been a while, still miss them, but you know, it's just the way the world works.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean you you will miss them because because of the effect they've had on, on yourself and when it comes to Paul, but at least you know with everything that you do now, you know, you, it's in yeah, that. it's yeah, for yeah, them. Exactly. And, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, fair play to you, mate. We'll move on to um oh sorry, Harry has messaged Harry Loden. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it, Harry. He's just put that he's older. He's the older brother. That's that's it. That's all we're getting from. Right, him.
1: we've got the stat in. Right, that's in there. So, yeah, that's you know that now.
0: There. Harry's older than Jake.
1: That's locked in the brain. Don't worry, Harry, I've got that now.
0: I've known them years and I didn't know, so, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Harry.
1: <laughs> so who's worse, me or you?
0: <laughs> we'll find out, I'm guessing. Um okay. A question that I'm going to ask you is your favourite players for Paul and Snooker, because you've had the involvement in both. Yeah. We'll go Snooker first.
1: Snooker, I think Mark Allen's up there, definitely. I think Cube will control. I think the way that he goes about himself. I've I've, I've always had a bit of Northern Irish background in the family as well so there's always been a little bit of me that's like obviously liked watching him as well he's just a good character as well I met him a little while back I went to the Welsh Open and managed to chat to him and also at the IPA a while back I spoke to him as well and just a very sound and down-to-earth guy so I've got a lot of time for him. In terms of other snooker players, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. You know, I, I loved watching Neil Robertson when I was younger because he's got that bolt straight cue action that looks like he's going to hit everything at 100 miles an hour, but the touch is unbelievable. So, you know, it, it was something that I, tried, I when I was younger I tried to base my cue actions off of snooker players I was watching. And obviously, when you're starting and you're trying to do a Neil Robertson like swing the cue cue all the way back and go all the way through again, doesn't always quite work out the imagine. same way. But once again, another very entertaining player I used to watch.
0: Yeah, fair play. And Paul,
1: love watching melon just for the exhibition stuff, and I think you learn a little bit about kind of angles of Kugels and things like that. Like I've I found since I've started watching melon I put a lot more balls off of cushions than I ever did before. But that's because now that I'm, I, I kind of understand how he judges things a little bit more, and it, it's a clever watch whenever you watch him and. There are a couple of others as well I quite enjoy. Obviously, I enjoy, I enjoy watching Sean's story just because of that last-minute comeback. I love Jordan Shepard as well because of how just the absolute pace that he goes at. He's just a speed merchant. I've got no idea how he does it, but I love chatting to him as well. He's another good guy that I know personally. He does the... Nigel Bailey's got a memorial that we all do once a year, and Jordan's one of the figurehead pros that turns up with that. He goes with Craig Marsh to that, so... Obviously, he's got a bit of personal as well, but it's nice to watch him play as well. Others off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think now, he's kind of gone in one and out the other. But there's there's a couple. Gaz Pops is another one as well. He's got a nice cue action as well, but they'd probably be my few.
0: Yeah, OK. Um, obviously, you know, we're flying for time. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to talk about the Leicester Paul prom- promotions because i know okay. you've, been, you've been doing a lot there since being in leicester and i know you are moving shortly i believe you mentioned
1: yeah i'm uh unfortunately because i'm graduating from uni i'm going back down south for a little bit i mean it'll be nice to catch up with the people at home because i've just been all over the shop the last six months they've probably forgotten i've existed at this point but when i come bust bust in through the door again they'll probably be like oh my god he's back that kind of thing like I won't quite get the red carpet treatment, but you know, hopefully I might get a little bit close, but you never know. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Leicester pool promotions has just been unbelievable. I mean, Reese Townsend and Jack Akko, who both set it up last year, Um, the initial format was that it was going to be 40 people. It's going to be four divisions of 10. Um, he had his free live stream table set up. Reese paid so much money for all of the equipment and that all out of his own pocket in order to try and make it work. And um, got the 40 people in no time at all for a Monday night league. And we played it out. The first season I was in it, I played in it as well as commentated. I think I came third. I beat some good players in that. I beat Reese himself. Steve Morris is obviously ex-England. I had a good couple of results against him. Kieran Phillips is another good one. I know he's had money matches, I think, closer to your way against like, Harry Kieran's Farrell.
0: A, Kieran's a very com- good, uh, good player. I think he's won a comp here. In the last couple of months he's, as well. Yeah.
1: He beat Danny and Lees, i remember that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Kieran's another player. I two good results against him and you know it it, it helps boost your confidence. And ex Snooker pro Joe Joggie was in it. There's all sorts of people kicking about in it. And next thing you know, it was obviously the first one's racked up, but now he's getting loads of interest for the second event. So it was a question of how are we going to do the next one. So now he's had to do it in three sessions of an hour and a half so he's starting at six o'clock you've got a 7 30 and a nine o'clock session as well you play an hour and a half he's still got the three stream tables going on but now he's got 90 players in it that are now in six divisions of 15 which obviously is a lot he's playing a 28 game season and now that's getting wrapped up i think i can't remember exactly when but now he's had to expand it even further he's now going into the sunday and now he's got 120 players on it i think he's expecting anyway for next season and i've never seen a local league like it i think leicester has to be the biggest area for paul i've ever seen because not only is there depth in it but there's also so much motivation in it as well everybody wants to do more everybody wants to play more and i've just never seen an area that's just so keen to play like even once I've wrapped up the interview with you tonight, even though it's my final night, I'm going out and playing again because people were messaging me going, oh yeah, it's your final night, but we really want to have a knockabout with you again. So it's just ridiculous. If you're not playing five days a week out here, then you're not the average pool player in Leicester. That's what it seems like anyway. But it's just brilliant. What Reese has done and what Jack's done as well to really like just build the game in Leicester and... Now that he's got the likes of Jack Whelan and Josh Kane in it also, I mean, it, it's only going to grow more. He's had interest from other pros I know from outside. Obviously, I can't name names. I can't give away too many spoilers, but Ooh. there's just been so, so much going on. And I, I, I wish them all the best going forward. Hopefully, I can come back and help them out in the near future. But for the time being, I mean, they've just done such a good job and credit to them.
0: Yeah, massive credit to them. And, you know, anything for the game is is good, but something that's expanding like that is is absolutely brilliant we've got a couple more things we're going to quickly going to quickly touch over before we close out the show I know you wanted to there's a there's a debate that I'm going to ask you about that you mentioned um, and it's between winning a trophy or winning a money match
1: oh uh, yeah I, I was wondering maybe, I forgot what I told you then <laughs> yeah no I um I get asked a lot, to be fair, because now that I've kind of started to play on the Challenger and I've done a couple of events here or there, and I've had a couple of good results here or there as well, I constantly get asked it. It's, Luke, you know, you do well in a money match. Why don't you play a money match? You know, you could get some good money for it. You know, you haven't played a money match before. You could get a bit of easy money here or there. In my eyes, that just doesn't interest me. To me, I, I almost find it a little bit of an ego thing. Maybe it's just my ego a little bit, but I think if you play a money match, one person against another, that's just, if say, say I played a money match against you, Dave, that would be me turning around and going, oh, I'm going to put a thousand pound on the line just to say I'm better than you. And okay, I get my prize money from it or whatever. But once you've kind of had that celebration, you've gone, yeah, Luke, Luke's better than him. Two days later, I'm sat there going, well, what now? What have I really got to show for it? I've probably wasted that money going out anyway and celebrating it afterwards. Like, I just don't feel like the net gain for what it's worth is there so much. Maybe, maybe to the heights of the Ian Ali sean story or Kyle, that's obviously doing it for a lot of a lot a lot of money. I understand it a bit more. But when you're doing it for like 500 pound a grand, that kind of thing, I just don't think it's there. Like for me, if I instead put 50 pound into a tournament, I beat, I beat a range of players, say that run that I was on, say, if I would beat Kyle, then beat Josh, and then beat Reese in the eventual final, you know, I've beaten a range of players. I've proven I can beat a range of players. Not only have I done that, I then come away with the money, obviously, that I might end up splooging anyway. But then I also come away with that physical trophy or that physical item that, you know, even if I don't pay too much attention to it, that later on I can look back and go, that's a physical memory of me doing that. You know, if there were trophies for money matches and all that kind of stuff, then it might, you know, it might make it a little bit more interesting. I said to, I said to Reese, I said, it would be interesting if you did like a, like a last man standard, but money match style. You had like, I don't know, everybody put in like 250 quid. You had 10 people in it, for example, you randomly dropped the first one and then went, okay, I'm playing this person. And then at the end of it, you get a trophy, but also you get all the prize money and all that kind of stuff paid out in a, in a way as well. Mm-hmm. I thought a format like that could be a little bit interesting going forward because it's technically a money match every week, so you're never going to switch off. You've got so,
0: I, you've got ideas for days. You have, haven't you?
1: Oh, I, you, you should read the dictionary. Honestly, <laughs> like when I when I did the uh, when I did the John McAllister Sean story match, the first commentary game I did. Oh my word, the notes I've got on my phone through that game. I reckon I've got about five or six paragraphs just noted down and just different stuff about the two of them. I wanted to make sure I was ready. I'm prepped for any situation, Dave. Don't you worry about that. No,
0: that's brilliant. I love that. Um, yeah, listen, I'm with you on the trophy front. I think I, I like to have trophies for, for anything I do. And a lot of people around here, you know, if we win, we've got a Wednesday night league and a Sunday night league and there's other leagues as well. And I like to have a trophy if I win anything. And quite a few people will say, oh, why don't you just take the money? Because we get the choice, money or trophy. And people will, yeah. say, people will say, well, why don't you take the money? And I'm like, I want to I wanna have something that in 20, 30 years, I can look back and be like, oh, I won that. I will forget. If I, if I don't take a trophy, I'll forget about it. And I don't want to because it's a, something for me to be proud of.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like my, my question's always been, if you, for example, a big player like Mark Allen, when he won the Masters a few years ago, obviously it was his first time winning it. Do you think he really paid attention to the prize money that's come in or was more of the emphasis on the fact that he was kissing the trophy at the end of it and everybody was like oh my god the first northern irishman to win the masters in like 20 odd years that was the big attention span that everybody took from that yeah okay you get a bit money on the side you can do what you want with it but at the end of the day money's money you're just gonna you're gonna end up spending it entering another event anyway so is there really that net benefit so much on the pool side at the moment i don't think there is
0: that's fair. That's completely fair. Listen, we are coming towards the end. We are going to have to, to wrap things up. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an opportunity to say any shout-outs that you may have for anybody.
1: Yeah, so uh, if, I, if I'm if i going to shout anybody out, it'd be people from the Forest Road Club at home. I think without them, I never get to do any of this. I think people from the East Grinstead League, people maybe weren't expecting a shout-out, Our Al Helier, Alex Moody, people like that. Uh, Reece Townsend and Akko obviously up in Leicester who have helped me out my family my mum, dad, sister all of the people that have really contributed to me doing anything with Paul Um, thank you and to all of the pros to be honest that have supported me now that I'm here as well it's very very appreciated and hopefully we can do more going forward and help take Paul to levels it's never been to before
0: Excellent stuff thank you Luke no listen it's been really insightful and I think you've got tons to offer the game and I hope you keep continuing doing what you're doing alright thank you Dave yeah it's Always been a pleasure bud I'm going to let you have a let you have a breather for a minute just while I close out the show um, I've got okay. a couple of shout outs I need to do um, first of all live update of the Kyle score he is currently 8-2 to the good um, so keep cool. going Kyle uh-huh. some some good pool being played I'm sure Mickey is it good standard? yeah good stuff happy days um, couple of shout outs for myself as usual we've got my uh, my promoter Mark Smith um, doing great work in the graphics that he does for me and the work he does behind closed doors. Um, If you'd like to visit his website, it is www.ukworldqsports.com. That is for Snooker and Pool. So if you like your Q Sports, please go and check it out. And also, as per for my my sponsors, Potters up in Swaddling Coat, we've got a competition on Sunday, a 64-man person. Don't want to you know, don't want to throw anyone off there, but 64 person competition, um, international rules, I believe it is. And then there is a flyer next week as well on the 1st of July. Keep up the good words, Potters. And also if you're not doing anything over the weekend, go and support your local club because they are one of the best about, if not the best. Yes, mate, go on. Dave,
1: just a quick one before you go. Can I, just anybody that's watching along as well, that plays pool, feel free to drop me a message as well. I love to get insight from other people as well. And I think it would be handy. Like I want to be able to do something. So if, any, if anybody's got any more ideas or anything that they want to throw at me, even just to have a chat about the game, I'm more than happy to have a con- conversation with anyone. So anybody that's watching a lot at the moment, they can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'm
0: happy to chat. Yep, excellent. Thank you for that, Luke. Um, I'm sure people will follow you up on that as well. Um, as I say, you're very insightful. Um, just before we go, Kyle is now nine to up. So, you know, we'll give him one of these. Go on, Kyle. Get it one. Um, For now, I hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, It's meant to be scorching all weekend. Don't get too burnt. Enjoy yourself. And we'll see you all next week. We've got a a lot going on next week. Uh, You're going to have to keep posted because there's a big announcement tomorrow that you're all going to absolutely love. But next Friday on the show, we do have Burton's very own Yvonne Lawrence and Marie Bridges, who will be my first female guests. So please join us. Have a good weekend. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. This show is part of MicroBrew Radio, Burton-on-Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say Alexa, play MicroBrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks.